0: Hey, welcome to my first episode of The Word on Storytelling. I'm your host, Susie Botello. 103.5, KTU, the beat of New York. Good morning. Martell's on your feel-good radio station. We're waking up with Whoopi in less than a half hour from right now, and JoJo, too little, too late. Uh, American Boston. Please listen very carefully. This is Amy Sweeney on Flight 11. We've been hijacked. So this was a day that I can never forget and it was only the beginning of a journey that would bring me to believe in something that many of the people around me did not believe in until later, much later. I was working for a video production company and at the same time I was in college studying journalism, video, and film. It was part of my major in media communications. A major I chose when it became apparent to me by chance that I had no idea what I was good at. I had no idea what I could work in that I could truly enjoy and feel passionate about. All my life, I was an artist without hope of ever finding a career in any creative field. But it was about a year or perhaps a few months before September 11th that I had found the shoe fit when I got a job for a local video production company. On this morning, it was a Tuesday, and it was September 11th, 2001. I had a class on the history of media. That was the name of the class. My schedule that day was pretty full. first, I was attending the class I mentioned. Then I was scheduled to work in the college radio station as a news announcer, and then After that, maybe I'd grab something to eat and go to my job as a graphics designer at the graphics department at school. But everything would change in an instant. This morning, uh, here for a, a horrific surprise, rescue crews are uh, making their way to the scene, and all of this unfolding in one of the busiest places in the world, in downtown Manhattan. So I was sitting at my computer after logging on with my dial-up internet. This is 2001, after all. And the first thing that I opened was the home page with the headlines. Now, I vaguely remember seeing the headline, which said something about the World Trade Center and it mentioned the crash. I wasn't really reading into it because I realized I needed to leave to be sure that I would get to class on time and find a parking space. I just remember thinking, wow, that headline. Since I was studying journalism, I just sort of mentally criticized it for being dramatic, trying to entice someone to read the story. When I arrived at college, I was surprised to find plenty of parking, I got my backpack and I headed to class, but I noticed that the quad was empty. It was quiet, but there was this one girl, a student, and she was walking towards the parking lot behind me, and she was crying on the phone talking to somebody. She was walking kind of fast, and I kind of smiled at her in a sympathetic way, and then we both kept on walking. I noticed the door to my classroom was open. But when I looked inside, standing in the doorway, it was dark. And the TV was on with the news. Now, it was a beautiful, sunny day. So it took me a minute to adjust my eyes. So then I walked into the classroom and I saw my colleagues, the students, and they were sitting in their seats watching the news. But it felt really dreadful. No one spoke. Everyone was just like staring at the news. So I sat in my seat and I leaned to the student that was next to me. And I asked him, hey, what's going on? He barely looked at me and he just pointed at the news. He barely said anything that made any sense. I think he didn't know how to express what was happening. I watched and I listened to what the newscasters were saying, but... I couldn't even focus. There's people jumping out of windows. I've seen at least 14 people jumping out of windows. It's it's, it's horrific. I can't believe this is happening. I couldn't focus on the news because the feeling in the air was so dreadful. Now, I'm a natural observer, and I was more attracted to the reaction of everyone in the room than what the news was talking about. It felt like slow motion to me, like that moment was frozen in time. I remember watching the TV and seeing nothing more than two tall buildings and two news people talking. And smoke. It was the faces of the students, sort of emotionless, that really had my attention. Then our instructor and the department chair were behind us standing in the doorway, and they called our attention. Basically, what they said was that it appeared that our country was under attack by terrorists, terrorists, and that they understood if we had to leave. But they said a lot of classes had been canceled, but we're keeping the radio station open, is what they said, because, you know, it is journalism and media, and so if we wanted to stay, we could stay. And some people agreed to stay. But people, for the most part, the students, they began to leave right away. Now it took me a while to figure out what to do. I, I, I really was just sort of like thinking through my mind, what do I do, what do I do? And then I thought, I wanna be with my family right now. And so I left. I remember driving and coming to a four-way stop sign and nobody wanted to go first. I just sat there and waited. Everyone was like super over polite. The radio was playing loud in everyone's car. No one was playing music. Everyone was playing talk radio, which had the news. And if there was someone playing music, it was probably because they hadn't heard yet. Now I spent the rest of the day watching the news, but the news was quite repetitive. So I also logged online. I went to forums like AIM. Um, I think another one was called ICQ. Wow, can't believe I remember that. That was a long time ago. But basically, they were chat rooms. And there was so much chatter. In a way, it was like Twitter today. You know, there were people speculating, but there was also a lot of misinformation. It was everywhere. As the day went on, there was talk about Muslims and terrorists. I was living in apartments where there were people from the Middle East talking on cell phones, walking around in the courtyard on that very day. And in that evening, there were bloggers posting photos. And there were some videos uploaded, but they were very hard to see because the connection was nothing like it is today. So I walked to one of my neighbors, a few apartments down from me, and it was warm outside. I mean, it was September and people had their doors open and their TVs were all playing the news. It was the same story for everyone. The news was blaring the footage of the planes, and the people screaming. I was up all night watching, reading, listening to the radio all at the same time. The fear of not knowing if it was over or what else was going to happen, it just consumed me. But while I lay with my eyes closed trying to sleep that night, I kept hearing and seeing everything. Something began to become obvious to me and it helped me. I think, I think it helped me deal with the fears and the not knowing. I also think that it helped me deal with the chatter that was happening, the stuff I was reading and listening to. That everyone who wasn't an American was a terrorist. Now, I was just not willing to believe that. I actually thought that was pure paranoia. But I could not get those images of the people jumping and falling from the building. I could not get the images and the sounds, the phone calls, the voices of the people in that airplane calling their friends and family. It was also mainly those images of people talking on their cell phones as they were watching below the building in Ground Zero. And the victims stuck in the building, calling from their cell phones. People from the airplanes calling with their cell phones. Again, cell phones, cell phones, cell phones. The news was airing videos and photos from tourists and bystanders. The news was reporting the story told by witnesses. It wasn't until the news reporters arrived that they could broadcast their own videos from ground zero, as they called it. I remember there was footage of people running from the building, collapsing, and all the smoke. It was like an apocalyptic movie. But the stories that followed from people all shared similar things that stuck to me. Everyone was calling home. Everyone was calling someone. And they were doing this from their cell phones. There were also people who rushed to write in their blogs because blogs were the only way outside the mainstream media where you could share your story as a witness or even someone who was thinking about this. Blogs were like social media during that time. I was absorbing what I was witnessing, but not in the way that scared me. I was actually beginning to see a picture of things relating to one another. You see, in my classes at school, they were always talking about how we had to learn all these broadcast terms and the methods, right? Because the news stations could not just run from video shot with a video camera. They had to run video that was from expensive professional cameras that were huge, heavy, and that recorded high quality footage transmitted through satellite. But what about edited stories? Same thing. So then here was proof, that's what I was thinking. It was proof that it doesn't have to be that way. That they're broadcasting video and Photoshop with consumer devices like with tourists and what I myself had, camcorders. Now, I had an SLR, but later I bought a digital camera, which a lot of people had. And I sure as heck didn't take my SLR everywhere I went. I remember people who said they dropped their bags to run from the smoke when the building fell, but they kept their cell phones in their hands. I just could not stop connecting these things together. And then it was like an epiphany where I had this vision of the future. The one thing that stood out for me, considering that I was studying the media and video, was how much cell phones played a part in the storytelling. How much the media was sharing content recorded and told by witnesses and victims. And I thought the people making the phones, they have to be thinking about this. And then that vision was like an explosion in my head. It was like, oh, cameras on the phone are gonna be really, really good. They're gonna be so good that they could be broadcast for the national news without a second guess. They would be as as good as, or as close as good to professional cameras as they could be. Then the internet, right? The internet that people were using to blog and share their stories outside the mainstream news, that would be something that they could do with their phones too. Because then you could share your photos and videos with a blog article immediately while on the go. People would become reporters on Ground Zero. It was a vision of the future that when I shared it with any one of my colleagues made me feel pretty uncomfortable because the reaction was like, I was overdramatizing or something like that. But it was in 2003 during the war in Iraq that resulted from 9-11 where I watched a reporter from the burning oil fields that this reporter mentioned that the camera guy could not get a signal out to the satellite from his camera because the smoke was too thick, but they could use the signal from a cell phone tower because it was lower to the ground. Now, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it whatever it was, it just gave me the impression that this guy was using his camera for this report. And that just brought me back to the vision that I had almost two years before. It basically reinforced my vision of the future, that mobile phones, would have cameras that journalists could use to report from any location without having to set up their equipment, that those cameras on the cell phones would be something more available to women to use. A year later, I found that not to be the case, though. But the cameras on the phones in 2005 were a lot better. So I began to think, okay, if people can have videos on YouTube recorded with cell phones, then they can make movies. Now, I had seen websites that were called film festivals and they had short movies streaming through these websites. Now, look, I knew that the video production company where I wasn't working now, but before clients had websites where we would put their videos online, but the technology to make those videos play smoothly without constantly buffering, it wasn't friendly to regular people. It, it was not easy. So also another thing was broadband. Broadband was still not that good. And I was working with filmmakers that I had a lot of respect for. So I really didn't want to create a film festival that was online. I just didn't think it was the time yet to put videos that were shot with phones on a big screen either as a film festival. But that was the idea that I had the idea to challenge filmmakers to make movies using their cell phones. And so I just thought, okay, the next phone that comes out with a better camera, that would be okay on a big screen. Then I would challenge filmmaking friends to make those movies and I would create this film festival. I would roll out the red carpet and I would do everything that a traditional film festival does except for the films would all be shot with cell phones. And it was in the spring of 2009 when I finally decided to do it. Of course, September 11th was a tragic day and I'll never forget it. And I literally cry every time I hear and watch the footage in documentaries and in the anniversary each year. But I think I got through it because I was an observer and it didn't affect me as a victim directly. My mind took this weird turn and it went into this other direction. And the truth is that it was a journey that I embarked on that I had no idea would bring me to where I am today. I honestly thought someone else would bring us here. But in 2009, I believed that I couldn't keep waiting longer. And after witnessing how little the cameras on the phones had progressed while the internet had come so far, I just felt that I had to start a traditional film festival and begin to challenge people. Not only my friends in the film industry, but every human, all ages, all over the world. Because everyone had access to a cell phone. And it would make it so that everyone could share their story as a video or a film. And watching so many people dream of making movies and realizing that if they could afford a camera to make films, I mean, it was such a barrier to get someone started as a filmmaker. I just had to. Of course, after about a year after I launched it, the iPhone 4 came out. And it basically affirmed that I was on the right track on the journey that I started on September 11th in 2001, eight years before. And now it's been 13 years since I launched that film festival. For all the victims and all the survivors, all the people affected by this tragic, such a horrible event in our history, All I could do, all I could really do is send you a hug.